Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to show number 289 from Engage for Success. I'm Joe Moffat, one of the regular hosts of our radio show, and um, I'm looking forward to half an hour of conversation about mentoring and the transformative power that that can deliver both, I think, to, uh, as we'll hear, both to individuals and and to organizations. And to help us uh, talk through that subject, I'm very pleased to welcome this week's guest, Dr. Ravi Shankar Gundlapali. Um, I'm going to call Ravi. So, uh, Ravi, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Joe. Um, Thank you for inviting me, and uh, I'm, I'm really glad to be on your show today. Well, um, and uh, as I say, we've got about 30 minutes to, to talk about the subject of mentoring. And I know, uh, and our, our listeners will have seen from the um, introduction to the show, that you are CEO of an organization called Mentor Cloud. But before we get on to, to, to that, and obviously the, the, the main topic for today, I wonder if you can just give us, tell us a little bit about yourself, your, your background, particularly about life before Mentor Cloud, really, and how, how you got into that. A particular area of work. Wonderful. Yeah, I'm an engineer. Um, I have I have uh, a PhD from the University of Michigan, Ann Arbor, um, mm-hmm. in fluid mechanics, and worked worked on the Boeing 787 Dreamliner supply chain. And I was uh, as an engineer, I was always looking at you know matching supply with demand because that's where the uh-huh. magic happens. And yes. I said, what if what if I apply the same concept, matching supply of wisdom with the demand for wisdom, and that is how MentorCloud was born as a way to streamline what I call the supply chain of learning in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, so the supply chain of learning. So had you, before you, and, and you know, we, we'll get you to tell us a little bit more about this in a moment, but as an engineer, and certainly, I mean, engineering in the aerospace industry is a is a very specialist sector, isn't it? I, I have to say it's a sector that I worked in myself. I didn't realize you've been involved in that, but I started out my working career uh, selling nuts and bolts to the aerospace industry and um, working on, uh, uh, well, one of our clients was building Concorde and um, tornadoes and those kind of things. So uh, um, it was a, certainly, it's a, it's a really interesting sector. But, um, en- but from engineering to what is essentially learning and development, professional development, um, is, is quite a leap. Had you had you seen the power for mentoring in practice in your in your initial work as an engineer, Ravi? Yes. So I've been fortunate to have excellent mentors and and really, you know, have when you think about mentors, you're talking about people who have who have an interest in seeing you become successful. So I was mm-hmm. fortunate to be surrounded by executives, you know, peers, um, as well as professors who were there when I needed them, who provided guidance. And uh, and I it's and and now with Mentor Cloud, it is my way of making that power accessible to more people. So more people mm-hmm. have the opportunity to give back, and and also learn. Um, okay. And, and f- f- from other people that have the expertise that you know someone is looking for. Right. So, so uh, I like that idea that that you 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 t- described that you were surrounded by peers, uh, colleagues who want to see you succeed. I guess 
I guess not all of those people would have considered themselves to be mentors, though, would they? Absolutely. Now, at that time, I, uh, you know, I did not know they were actually mentoring me because for mm-hmm. me, you know, I, I, I define mentorship in eight words, you know, um, basically, you know, sharing and caring um, mm-hmm. because there were people who were willing to share their wisdom with me and they were actually caring for my success. And okay. on, on, you know, me as a mentee, you know, I, I was trusting them and then acting on the advice given by them. So for the mentor, it is about sharing and caring. And for the mentee, mm-hmm. it is about trusting and acting. And all of these four were happening, you know, as I was building my career. And now when I look right. back and sort of define mentoring in, a, in, in these simple words, I realized that I have had people who were willing to share, who were, who were taking an active interest in my success. And I was... Uh, you know, I was sort of lucky enough to be you know, trusting in their wisdom and then taking the, mm. uh, taking the right action. Mm. So I, it, that leads us very nicely onto what was going to be one of my one of my first questions, really, um, was to ask you if you would give us a, a, a nice pocket sized definition of what mentorship is. Um, you've, you've used those words. So for the mentor, it's about sharing and caring and the mentee. It's about trusting and acting. Uh, is that how you define mentorship, or or is there a is there another um, simple sentence that you might use, Ravi? Yes. So you know, beyond those four words, which which you know people find it because uh, uh, very easy to understand. You know, I define mentoring as a trusted knowledge sharing conversation between two people. So it involves mm-hmm. people. It involves a level of trust. And the interaction is about sharing, sharing knowledge. Um, mm. So a trusted knowledge sharing interaction is another definition that I would give for what mentorship is all about. Okay, okay. And that, I'm, something I want to talk to you about a little later on in, in our conversation, um, which is around whether it's always in one direction. Um, because I, one of, you know, we hear the concepts, for example, about reverse mentoring, don't we? And um, I do want to talk to you about that a little later, about the extent to which this goes, the benefit goes in both directions, you know, whether there's a degree of mutuality going on. And certainly the trust has to be mutual, doesn't it, on, on both sides, I guess. Um, but no, that's, that's great. So a trusted knowledge sharing interaction between two people. Um, and, it, and of course, it doesn't always have to be in the workplace, does it? It doesn't have to be because, you know, once once there is an active sort of you know, mentoring partnership, you know, it could be on soft skills, it could be on life skills, it could be on mm-hmm. so many other parameters. In fact, you know, when we match mentors and mentees, we always look at the sort of the underlying chemistry, underlying human values that really brings the individuals together. And it need mm-hmm. not always be a technical skill at work. It could be how you approach a project, how you how you handle a situation, you know how you are grateful for for what you have. So it could definitely be uh, an interaction even outside of the workplace. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I, I wonder one thing springs to mind. Um, I guess in some respects, people can use the men, the word mentor and mentoring. They they can perhaps use it a little lazily. Um, they can use it as a bit of a generic term. Um, simply meaning to describe how a, a good manager might interact and develop their their people and their teams. 
um, that they're kind of mentoring them. But in your, from your perspective and from your understanding, is there something very specific that actually sets mentoring or mentorship apart from simply the act of being a good line manager? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, not all managers can be great mentors. Um, and mm-hmm. it's a fact because the, the interest of the manager is, is, to, get, is to get work done. So the mm-hmm. incentives of a sort of, you know, your direct line manager is to make sure that, you know, that the projects get done on time. And they may not always have time to, to really look at what else are you interested in, what is, I mean, they, they could, a manager can address challenges, but they may not really mm-hmm. know exactly, you know, what are your long-term interests. So very rarely do managers have the time for it, and which is why I highly encourage people to, to have people outside, uh, in, outside their division who can mm-hmm. provide fresh perspectives and who can also provide sort of an unbiased sort of guidance on how you can build your own skills. Because ultimately, it is, it is first you know, getting the job done uh, in the workplace, as well mm-hmm. as making sure that your interests and your skills are being best utilized. Mm-hmm. And um, so I do encourage people to sort of, you know, step outside their so-called, you know, workplace to find someone either in, in a different department or even outside the company who they can openly talk to. Because one of the, one of the key things in a mentoring relationship is, you know, vulnerability. You got to be able to show vulnerability and be able to openly discuss any specific challenges. And sometimes a direct line manager, you may not be able to do so. Right. Yes, of course. There may be all kinds of reasons why you wouldn't want to do that, uh, which are fairly obvious, I think, to us. But yeah, that's, that's a fair point. So you and that. So it's not just because obviously, in some respects, you would hope that people can trust their line manager or their team leader. So I think you could tick the box. You ought to be able to tick the box of trusting. You may not always be able to tick the box of trusting, but you ought to be able to. Um, but it is perhaps that extra layer of being able to show your vulnerability and actually admit that um, there are areas where you're feeling less than confident or are needing some really honest support. And that, yeah, that vulnerability is, is taking that to an extra level, isn't it, really? Absolutely. And in fact, you know, in some of the programs that, that uh, you know, I, um, I help design, if, if I'm the manager and if, if my direct reports are getting mentored by other executives that I respect, I, I, would, mm. I would highly encourage that because, you know, my, my team members are getting access to good wisdom, you know, good uh, sort of approaches to projects and so on. So as a manager, I would be, I'm super happy that my team members are getting you know, the additional assistance to be really mm. good in the workplace. So mm. I think managers mm. should be open and your direct line managers should encourage their uh, in, um, reports to, to have access to good, good mentorship help. Mm. Mm. And, and, and I guess, I mean, obviously that relationship is, there is a confidentiality in that relationship, I guess, that's crucial, isn't it? Absolutely. In fact, uh, you know, uh, in my book, um, because see this, like you said early on, mentoring has been loosely used. Uh, it's, it's, it's used so uh, extensively all over the world, but everybody has their own definition. And which is mm. why I wrote the book, The Art of Mentoring, um, and I've identified almost 14 different traits of a good mentor. 
and oh, as well on. as can a few. Tell us some of those. I don't expect you'll be able to deal off all 14, but do do give us a few. Give us some of the ones that you think are really key, Ravi. Yes, absolutely. I think um, you know, one of the key things is, you know, being a good mentor means, you know, to be a good listener. And mm-hmm. uh, it's extremely important to understand, um, you know, where, where the other person is coming from. And, and you're, as a mentor, you also want to make sure that you're opening new doors and expanding the possibilities of your mentees. Um, mm-hmm. because, you know, it happened to me when I later on, when I shared my, shared my own personal mentoring story, it is important to open doors and it is important to also, um, you know, provide a comfortable environment for your mentee to be sort of vulnerable, to not feel intimidated. Mm-hmm. And, um, and of course, as a mentor, one of, one of your key roles is to be inspiring. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's not influencing them. It, it's not instructing them, but it's about inspiring them that they mm. genuinely want to learn from you. They 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 really want to take the most uh, advantage of your wisdom. And mm. and the last one I say this you know mentoring is not an intellectual excitement where the mentor feels very good. It's always about what I call you know, moving the needle for your mentee. So at right. the end of your you know. In one month or once one mentoring session, you have to really measure: is my mentee better off either with a new recommendation for for a video or a book, or a or uh, do they have approach to improve a improve a skill, or do they have a new connection that they did not have before? So moving mm-hmm. the needle, I would say I would put it at the top, um, mm-hmm. and and if if mentors can ensure that that. Uh, it, it is happening in every interaction, then you can see mentees steadily sort of developing and growing and learning. Okay. And um, is it, so, so we, we've, we've kind of talked about, I think, why, why it's important to have a mentor. You've talked about how, um, you know, it, it, can, it can open the doors to things that can expand possibilities and be, be in, you know, you can be inspired. Um, is it, important for everyone to have a mentor or are we only talking about high performers or well, high, high potential performers or is there a capacity here that actually everyone can benefit from that kind of relationship? Absolutely. Now, I, I define that, uh, that having a mentor in two ways. Number one, it, it's actually to your advantage to have access to wisdom that comes from practical experience of another individual because I don't need to commit the same mistakes that others have done. So access mm-hmm. to wisdom is, should, everybody should be having that, that uh, the advantage. But the more important thing, which, which, which uh, you, know, you know, people tell me when I, when I give them this insight, is having, having mentors is actually being in the minds of other, other good, successful people. So imagine if there are three or four highly successful entrepreneurs or corporate executives who are thinking about me, even when I'm not there in front of them, isn't that a luxury? So mm-hmm. having, having mentors that really care about you and you being in their conversations, you being in their minds and thoughts is actually a luxury. So I yeah. would encourage everyone to kind of basically reflect back and say, how many people at this moment in time are thinking about ensuring my success? And if that list is you know, zero, then you have to start thinking about how do you build those relationships 
because your horizons expand, your career accelerates when you have other people, other good people, successful people who are thinking about you. And mm-hmm. I can say from my own experience, I can tell with, with you know, full conviction that, that there are at least five people in the world today who, who are thinking about how to make Ravi and how to make Mentor Cloud successful, even when I'm sleeping. So <laughs> that's the beauty of having mentors. Right, right. And, and, but, but are those... Are those always commercial relationships, Ravi, or are these relationships grounded in something else? Not always commercial. For example, the book that I wrote, The Art of Mentoring, is, is actually you know, a sort of an encouragement from one of my mentors who felt that um, you know, I, I had enough thing to share with the world. So there was no commercial relationship. I am benefiting from being an author, from being invited from all over the world to speak. And so there is no commercial relationship. So it is because your mentors, so some mentors will be focused that you need. You know, I encourage, for example, everyone should have sort of a personal board of mentors, you know, three to five people, depending on where you are in your career. So some of them could be helping you with your business. Some of them could be helping you, you know, with your children, for example. Some of them could be helping you with your financials or life skills. So not all of them should be commercial you call those advisors mm. Mm. and why but but are they doing this out of pure altruism then Ravi or if we come back to the question I posed a bit earlier on is there a bit of a two-way street happening here that there's something in it for them too absolutely you know I I, I, ex, I uh, expanded on this extensively in the book uh, most people sort of think that mentoring is only beneficial to the mentees but having mentored hundreds of you know students, um, I can say you know as a mentor, you, you this is your direct demonstration of of your own leadership. Um, the your own skills get refined. Um, mm-hmm. You get to build your brand, and most importantly, you get to build your legacy because you other people who have benefited from your wisdom and and your care are writing your story. Because you could go on any social media and say how great you are. But what really matters is other people writing about how great you are. And that's what yeah. I mean by legacy. And mm-hmm. the being a mentor is, is the fastest way to build your legacy. Because we're not going to be here forever. So the more people you can touch, the more people you can help sort of you know, get ahead in their careers and their lives, that really sort of defines your legacy. Mm-hmm. So it is a direct benefit to the mentor. Yeah, and, and does does a mentor have to have a certain number of years experience under their belt, or you know, you know, is there a is there a level that you you can't really be a mentor until you ticked a certain number of career boxes off on your on your CV? Absolutely, you know, um, I, I I believe in a world where anybody can be a mentor, and of course, uh, you know, that they they understand certain certain basic traits because we mm. all over a period of time, accumulate a lot of, a lot of wisdom. Like uh, if, if you are in college and you're a senior in college, a fourth year in college, you could be mentoring uh-huh. somebody who's just joining college because you have gone through those exact same situations of being able to select your classes, being able to join various clubs. Um, whereas if you, are, if you are about three, four years into your career, you could be mentoring your own students um, from the same school you went to. So mm. I, I, I believe in this. I define this, this thing called you know, wisdom asymmetry. That there Sorry, are lots can you say, 
Can you say that again? I'm sorry. What did you say that you define it yeah. as what? So people underestimate what I call the you know wisdom asymmetry that exists in the world. So oh, whatever, right. so, yes. So whatever you know, whether it is writing or you know applying to colleges or you know launching your career, I can guarantee there are at least a million people who don't know what you know, and so yes. sort of people underestimate it, and because of that fact that there are enough people who can benefit from what you know. Anyone can be a mentor to somebody who is sort of you know three, four, five years behind them, and mm-hmm. and uh, I always say that unless you are a mentor for somebody, you don't have the right to ask other people to be your mentor. Ah, so if it's a chicken and egg situation, what comes first, offering to be a mentor for others is the beginning of this process, and then you can then benefit from the mentorship of other people. You have the right to ask for it. Exactly. And, and you know, even in life, you, 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 have, you, have no, you have no right to ask someone until, until you have given. You, you, you have yeah. no right to ask somebody to love you unless you have loved them. You know, so yeah. it, there's no difference in the mentorship too. So I always challenge people, hey, have you helped others first? Because now yeah. you have the right. Now you have accumulated what I call in a mentorship quotient in the universe. So when you go to ask for help, you should have done enough of it to be able to say, mm. and, 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 and the universe always comes around. And mm-hmm. in whatever you put into the universe, it comes back 10 times. Yeah, the yin and the yang, you pay, you pay it out and you pay it and you get it back. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so, so tell me, uh, you, you mentioned that um, in your past, um, somebody had mentored you and suggested to you that you write your book, um, The Art of Mentorship. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about uh, some experiences you've had as a mentor without obviously, you know, sharing any confidentialities, but just tell us, give us a few examples of some of the ones that have had the most powerful impact on you. Absolutely. So one of my first mentees that, 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 that led to my company, Mentor Cloud, was a, a 16-year-old visually challenged student. You know, I was giving mm-hmm. a keynote in India, and, you know, this person with, with the severe disability came up to me and said he wants to study in MIT to prove to the world that he can, he can do something, you know, with his God-given life. So, right. you know, mentoring a visually challenged student was a challenge for me. And, you know, the, I was able to help him get into MIT and he graduated successfully from MIT Sloan School and now he's an entrepreneur, very successful, running a company where, you know, uh, which is which generating over $30 million in revenue. So it was a transformative wow. experience for me. And which uh-huh. is why, you know, um, I always talk about sight versus vision. You know, it's not enough to have eyesight. You've got to have a vision mm-hmm. for your life. And I learned yeah. this from, from my mentee. He, he doesn't mm-hmm. have an eyesight, but he has a fantastic vision. Has a vision. Yeah. Has a vision. Uh, it's interesting, actually, you talk about sight and vision. It's a bit like, it's very similar to when we're listening, people talk about, it's the difference between hearing and actually listening, isn't it? You know, you can hear what people say, but you're really listening to what they're saying in that you understand it and will act upon it. Um, there's a difference. It's very... Uh, easy to, um, to, to kind of get the muddled, isn't it? Okay, that's, yes, that's a powerful absolutely. choice. So he was 16 years old when you started. How, how old is he now, Ravi? Uh, he's now 26. So I've been working right. with him for, for, for over 10 years. 
and uh-huh. uh, it's been a fantastic experience and i have learned a lot in my in my journey um how much i can help without without having to sacrifice a whole lot and mm. i i didn't realize like i was telling you one of the key things of being a mentor is to open doors um mm. i found so many in my network uh who who are supporting uh, essentially visually challenged folks but i did not have a need for them until i found a mentee who who actually had uh, had that need so right. he uh, op- you know being able to open doors being able to see him succeed me him succeed be, be seeing him receive rewards I feel that I have done, you know, I feel that my life is is has, has added a lot more meaning to who, mm. to sort of who I am today. Mm. Yeah, no, I can see that. That's a really powerful one. Um, so let's just we might come back to some more if we've got time at the, at the end, but Ravi, but can we just move it on to looking at this from an organizational you know, perspective? Because if I've got people listening, if I've got individuals listening to the show, which obviously we have who will be able to hear what you're saying and think this all makes good sense. Um, I can understand what, what you're talking about here. From an organizational perspective, how can, uh, say, an HR director listening to us talking now, how can they think, well, how can I make this available to help my people really fulfill their potential? Absolutely. You know, I I have interviewed quite a few HR directors as well as employees in companies and one thing I realized is people stay in companies because of other good people around them mm. and it's and and when when you have a good mentoring program uh, what you're essentially doing is you're catalyzing strong human connections in your organization and mm. when people know that there are other people that can help them and there are people that recognize the your potential and you, and and the organization because of the power of mentorship is able to build a culture of sharing and learning that's what creates what i call a culture of one and you know hr directors mentoring is not or oh, somebody needs help so let's connect them it is about mm-hmm. building a sort of a human network and mm-hmm. what flows in that network is knowledge sharing it it's about right. it's human relationships so yes if companies large companies with a good culture of one actually start to behave like as if they're all in the same room and we have have experiences where people say i thought i worked for a very very large organization but i feel that we are actually very very extremely well connected because i have access to help and other people have access to me if they if they need help and that's the kind of sort of sentiment and sort of environment that organization should create and and mentorship is an excellent vehicle for it right and of course modern technology helps make that so much more easily deliverable than it once did doesn't it absolutely i mean for example in our technology we have, we have a, a, an intelligent matching engine so we are able to match people using you know so many different parameters uh, we are able to provide them sort of tools to kind of you know, stay in touch with live audio and the live video tools so the definitely mm-hmm. technology uh, allows interactions to be you know much more global and also it gives the it gives the hr directors analytics because if i am the hr director i want to know who my sort of stars are in the organization who are my future leaders who is actually giving back and who is sort of building the next sort of pipeline of talent so analytics again because of technology 
it becomes a extremely valuable source for me to identify who I should focus on and really not lose them to competition. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I, I, I mentioned earlier on, I used the term reverse mentoring and I said, I was going to come back and ask you about that. And I, I think I know the answer to this. So let me, let me run this by you, Ravi. I, I'm, I, we're all familiar with the concept reverse mentoring and uh, you know, I've been in organizations where they've successfully used that principle to, for example, bring some of their younger graduate trainees to spend time with their executive team and help, help them with their social media um, activity, for example, um, you know, to bring them up to speed with the digital world. But I think from what you've been describing, um, actually there's no such thing as reverse mentoring because mentoring is simply somebody having the capacity to match their knowledge to someone else's needs. And it doesn't, doesn't demand seniority or junior level it actually is about need and knowledge isn't it exactly uh, you, you said it right so um, it, I, I, I learned so much from my mentees because they know something that I don't and you mm. know they learn something from me because I know something that they don't so that's why mm. I use the word wisdom asymmetry and it's not about age it's not it's not about you know hierarchy it's about two mm. individuals, you know, one one knowing more than the other in a particular field. Um, so uh, they, they definitely mentorship can be strong if if it's if it is a two way street, and yes. Uh, yes. and that's how you build relationships. Absolutely. Do you know we've we've come to the end of our show. Our thirty minutes has flown by. I personally feel I've learned an enormous amount from you, Ravi. Thank you so much for coming on the show and giving us just a, a taste. Of, uh, of something that you're so obviously very passionate about. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And um, I'm afraid it's time to say goodbye. Thank you, Ravi, for joining us. Thank Bye-bye. you so much. Thank you. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.